All right, welcome to another edition of the Off Topic Podcast. My name is Randy Zellia. Thank you for taking a few minutes of your time to speak with me or listen to me ramble on about absolutely nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Now, we uh, we do a great job here on the Off Topic Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RandyBSP, as well as on BackSportsPage.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm everywhere, actually. And I, I really love today's um, interview. Well, a few years ago, almost like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I became very depressed and very, like, I was a little overweight, not happy with a lot of things were going. My confidence was down and uh, went through a very tough time. I was very lucky enough to have a great brother who was very into martial arts. I don't say had he, he is a great brother and he's now a jiu-jitsu black belt but I joined his martial arts school and was very lucky enough to join the kickboxing class and you've had you've heard me have Jakeem on the show and you know we talk with him and joke around with him and love having him on but there was another young lady in the class her name was Carrie Conley and Carrie is probably one of the nicest sweetest people I think I've ever met she has two wonderful kids she's a writer and that's something that she and I have in common. I think it might be the only thing we have in common is the fact that we're both writers involved with media and enjoy passing on the knowledge. But she uh, has a book coming out in Barnes and Nobles uh, in the next couple weeks. And we did an interview a couple weeks back. And it's a very good interview. And I wanted everybody to get to know her. Again, this podcast is based off the people who I think are interesting, my friends, being able to talk with them, have a good time, laugh. And, you know, I get you for you people to get to know them and tell let them tell their story to you. So I invited Carrie on to the show. And and she gladly accepted. We met in a coffee shop. So if you see her a little, a little echoing, it's because someone was getting decapped. I hope everybody takes a good listen and likes it, what we, Carrie and I were talking about. She's very, 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 very strong, strong-willed. That's one of the things I really like about her. She's really, really cool. And I hope that you guys really enjoy this interview. Uh, this portion of the program is brought to you by Grail Martial Arts Academy. You are not just joining a martial arts class. You are joining a family. Go to Neon Belly for more information. Again, that's neonbelly.com for more information on Guerrero Martial Arts Academy. All right, so here's the interview with Kerry Conley. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll be right back after this interview. It's funny, and I'm recording now, but like okay. it's funny when um, I, I interviewed Jakeem. This, this was about the distance I had that, and I listened to it. Yeah. Perfect song. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's good to know. So, uh, for those who are now listening and just heard about how great my reporter is, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm over here in uh, Caldwell, New Jersey. I guess I'll give them some free press. It's the Rock and Joe uh, coffee okay. shop. And I'm here with uh, a young lady who's in my kickboxing class with me, and uh, I'm still scared of to this day. Uh, her name, and and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get into that why I always say it. Too. Okay. Uh, I'm here with Carrie Conley and uh, the soon-to-be award-winning author, Ooh, like Carrie that. Conley. You like that? Yeah, I like I'm, that. I'm gonna give you some props. Good. All right, there that. you yeah. go. So, Keep that out into the world. And I guess I guess I'll do the explanation first. I always joke around. Oh, and I'll, maybe I'll hold this up just to make sure we get the okay. out. Um, one of the reasons I always say like I'm scared of your class is <laughs> when I started over there down at um, Guerrero, there was only like four or five of us in that class, and like. The first class I was there, there were, again, I'm not going to pick on anybody or point, you know, point fingers, so I just, people were, were named, uh, it was stated nameless, but someone fell in there, mm. the, the, the first class yeah. I was there, uh-huh. and there was a short little Italian man there, he's sitting there, <laughs> running around, and uh, telling <laughs> me, how, was that? yeah, <laughs> and t- talking to me about how great the class is, and how this is like the greatest thing in the world, um, but, and then, of course, like, uh, Jakeem, who, I'm, I'll mention his name, because, of course, it, it, yeah. uh, did the famous Jakeem, uh, who has, um, I don't, I don't want to say he did a great job selling on selling it to me, but watching on his hands-on, and then I saw you, who it was just like, it was just like you were like a machine in there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm just funny. telling you the perception that I had. It was like, but I think it was because you were you've been doing this for so long. Mm-hmm. So when you watch someone who has that much experience, mm-hmm. and you should also see your face when you're doing it, you're, you're it, it's like you're like a woman on a mission. I, I am. Yes, yeah. I am. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so I always joke around with Carrie during class, and I'll be like, Yeah, I'm scared of her because when you when you work with her or you see her going, you're, you don't want to get in her way because one, if you don't hold that mid up or you're like you're not you, you do one 
wrong punch, you're done. I, 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 so I, I, picture, I picture myself on the ground. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> I always say that I'm scared of this. But, That's really funny. And what's even more funny is watching your reaction when I say it, is watching Sensei's reaction or watching Jakim's reaction because Sensei was like, like, why are you scared? I'm like, you see how, have you ever felt how hard she hits? It's not cool. It's, but he's, for him, it's like a marshmallow. He's like, no, come on, hit me in the stomach. Yeah. I'm just like, well, you want me to break my hands? <laughs> there's a reason why he's a black belt and I'm still a beginner in kickboxing. Okay, you know? there's, there's, there's that part of it. It is fun to hit him in the stomach, though, because you get a feeling for what it's actually really like, you know, to, to hit somebody in real life, you know, but still. Well, I, he, he is now scared to come over to me when we're doing, like, partner training because I throw some of the craziest things at him. Not just questions, but, like, you know... Like, people who, who don't know me who are going to listen to this, they think that I'm like one of the most racist people in the whole world, but I'm really not. I love my own people. But how many how many famous Jews do you see doing martial arts? We're usually lawyers, the, the Jews are usually the lawyers for when something goes wrong for the lawsuit aspect of it. Okay. Okay. So, again, I can make fun of this because I am one. But, yes. So, like, these are the things that I will throw at him. That's so funny. Like, like, I want you guys to touch a ceiling. I'm like, you know, my people don't get off the ground this high, okay? So, anyway, but, the, the, but so, nor here nor there that's you know uh, so, I, so I've known you for about a year now yep and I learned that you are a writer yes which me being in media is like oh you're you're part of you're, you're part yes. of our team yeah, I'm, a, I'm a member of the tribe you're a member of the tribe <laughs> and you also got to travel yes I like this past year so yes. I, I was like hmm alright I'm branching off to doing my own podcast this is definitely some stories I gotta hear about yeah so okay so let's start where were you born where were you raised were you born straight up Jersey girl like born and bred Jersey girl up in Burton County. So. Oh, that Burton County. Yeah, Burton Dumont. I grew up in Dumont. No kidding. Which yeah. school did you go to? Uh, Lincoln, and then Selzer, and then the high school. Dumont High School. Irrelevant part of the story. My mom was a teacher in Hornet School in, oh, in, in Dumont. Oh, how funny! Yeah, that's so, amazing. She, she retired in 2004. Oh my gosh! I think your brother told me that a while ago, actually. Because what what was her last name? Zelia. It was, okay, so I I don't know. I have to ask my friends who went to Hornet if they had her. And also, my uh, other friend, who is the music music teacher, now switched over to computers. Mr. Link. I don't know if you had. Mr. I heard I've heard his name. I didn't have him, but I heard I've heard his name. See, I'm just plugging. Everybody that is now. So but that's, isn't it crazy on how yes, the little world? Six degrees of separation. Right. I don't know what that expression means, but I'm assuming that's like an ironic expression. You never heard of the six degrees to Kevin Bacon thing? That whole big thing? Oh my gosh! Like everybody, the, it's this idea that you're related to everybody in the world by six other people. It's just a matter of finding the six people. I never heard that, but now I'm going to use that. It's fascinating. You need a trademark that, like I can actually. It's not my thing. It's only about a show about it. Six Okay. Yeah. So, okay then. Yeah, it's okay. good. It's, it's a real thing. It's, I didn't make it up. Okay, so. that's that's a, that's a good thing. So, so the, no, it's crazy that you're. So you grew up in Dumont. Yes. So and then, um, did you go to school in Jersey? Like after after like the. You know. Oh my gosh, I I was such a lost child. So I went to Montclair State straight out of high school, but I totally was so not ready. And I had a, a teacher my senior year who asked me where I was going, and I said Montclair. She goes, you don't need to go to Montclair. You need to go to some artsy fartsy school. And she was. 100% right. So I went to Montclair and I had no clue what I was doing in college. I, I totally needed to be at an artsy fartsy school. So I failed out of Montclair. I didn't fail. I think I failed two classes, one of which was English freshman comp, which is kind of Which ironic. is ironic like, now. Yeah, you yes, hear yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And just because it was, the guy was like, trying to teach us how to write compound sentences using and but nif, you know, so it's really, I was just like, you got to be kidding me, I can't, I can't do this. And so I would just go hang out in the quad instead. So, um, so I, and, and I only spent one, one I like how you admitted it too. I just hung out with <laughs> I did. I, I, that's I what I did. Um, and I, ha but I was a theater major and the theater major, the theater department at Montclair is incredible. It's so good. And so I loved all of my theater classes. I always went to all of those. So that's what kept me from completely failing like flunking out of school entirely but I, I got A's and B's in those classes but the, right, the course stuff I, I had no interest in um, and so I spent one semester in living in the dorms and then at, I was eight, just turned 18 that October 
moved and moved out of the dorms into my own apartment with three other theater majors. So we hung out there and then now, living with three theater majors. I know, yeah. I get, I'm going to have a little fun with this. I have to. Yeah. Was there like a lot of like acting like just in the? There is no party like a theater party. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's not where I was going. I was just I was just thinking like if someone like took like like the, you know the last thing of milk would someone make and a we, dramatic scene out of it or we made a dramatic scene out of everything. Oh, okay. Our, our hamster was named Hamlet and we put him in the little hamster ball and we ran with the ran with the Hamlet down the hallway in our 1970s shag carpeting mirrored apartment. It was it was really crazy. But so, so I I think you and I are gonna have a conversation about this at another point about that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, but then we then I moved back home because my dad had a stroke. So Ooh, I was okay. out for about a, a year and then I moved back home. And then eventually I, I started working full time, but I did eventually go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, the arts and arts school that I needed to go to. And that's, I spent a year there. You have to get invited back. I did get invited back, but I didn't go because by that time I was hanging out with actors and seeing what the lifestyle was like. And I was like, I, don't, I knew a woman who auditioned for Liza Minnelli for like 12 hours straight. And it came down to her and one other person. And after 12 hours of singing and dancing her heart out, Liza says, you know what, I think you're just short never mind and I was just like and then she was dressing up like a banana in the mall to make money and I was like this is not the lifestyle that I'm gonna lead but I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up so long story short eventually I went back to Bergen finished Bergen Community College finished up some credits there and eventually found myself back at Montclair and finished with an English degree and now I'm going into seminary next week next in August is that a little ironic that you're going you feel like yes <laughs> like, the, like the prodigal daughter has come home to <laughs> yes, time in yes, the whole thing yeah. Uh, so, okay, so fast. So let's. I don't want to say fast forward through college. Like, so you graduated from Montclair. What was the next step from there at that point? Well, I, you have to understand that this was all stretched out over this long period. In between there, I got married twice. <laughs> I had babies. You know, so there was a whole lot of stuff happening in between there. Um, and the next, the next thing that happened was I left. I think the big thing is I left. I was living in, working in corporate and left to start having kids and knew I needed to do something else but I didn't know what and writing always seems like it was going to be too hard like I just didn't think that I could do that every time I decided I will now become a disciplined writer I would have nothing to say so it was just it was and that happens a yeah, lot yeah it was just me. really frustrating so I didn't want to even attempt that but I went into direct sales and you know did a lot of stuff with direct sales was successful with that for seven years and then left that to become a coach and I ended up co a business coach and I coach direct sellers mostly um, but I also uh, primarily I coach women um, business owners who want to figure out what they want to be when they grow up kind of thing and how to get a clarity on an idea and then um, recently I just started blogging maybe, well not recently maybe about five or six years ago started blogging really uh, really consistently and people started responding to it and eventually got picked up on Pathios which is a big faith-based blogging hub essentially and um, that elevated my my reach immensely and so did it freak you out a little bit that people were like connecting to you a little bit yeah a little bit what, what, the, the first time I got freaked out was one time when I walked into my church and somebody had read somebody that I didn't know came up to me and was like oh my gosh that piece that you wrote was so and I was just like who are you and like how do you know what I wrote like it was a weird it was that that was a little bit weird yeah the first time that's ever happened to me, I was at a charity event one time, and my my sports site was fairly, I don't want to say new, we were, I think we were about two years old, and they said, where are you from? And I told them, I'm like, oh, I'm with that sports page, and they said to me, oh, we've been on your site, we love it. I said, oh, you're either full of crap, or you've actually been on my site, and, I yeah. and then he started quoting some of the things that we were doing, oh my gosh. and then that's when you're at that point where you're just like, all right, well, again, I, I joked, I just I was on a phone call with someone, I and they, they always say to me that I'm a little hard on myself, and I always joke around and say, no, I'm like, and I'll be like, anytime someone says something nice, I'm like, can you just say that again? This time to my phone, <laughs> yeah. I'm recording it, you know, and, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I really appreciate you just say something nice there. I know, it's true. You know, but like, so did it like freak you out that someone's like, you know, complimenting you or quoting back something that you Yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely weird. And it's it's weird too, especially now as, as it's gotten a little bit bigger. Um, you know, you really experience, like just yesterday, yes, I think it was yesterday, uh, some person wrote a comment on my blog and it was like, oh, what a horrible article. That was just so bad. Five minutes of my time that I'll never get back. And I'm just like, 
and I just laugh at that, but I'm just like, holy cow, like, this civility, like, do you think I'm not going to read it? Like, that you, do you think you can just say that and there's not another person on the other end of it? That, you know, and, and it just makes me, I mean, civility on social media is a whole uh, topic of oh, the yeah, entire yeah. Blog, blog, you know, or podcast, but it, it's just, it's just really funny. It's funny that the way people respond to it. Well, I always say, like, if you're not, if you're not getting insulted on social media, then you're yeah, not doing, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I joke. Around. I know I made it now. <laughs> well, I, my attitude towards social media is, it's like, it's like you know, you have your window open and you hear a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear the noise? Shut the window. Yeah, exactly. And yep, yep. Everyone has an opinion on social media. Of course. Yeah. Facebook drives me crazy now because mm-hmm. like I can't just say. What happened to the days where we got annoyed with people saying? I just made an apple pie or something right, like that. Yeah, and we're yeah. all just like, why are you putting everyday thing? Now everyone has a political thing, a religion yeah. thing. And well, I'll be, I'll be honest. That's my, that's my gig. I'm a, of course. You know, yeah, like, but, that, but that's your gig and everybody knows that's your gig. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, when you have somebody who doesn't know anything about the topic and they're starting yes. to spew up, and I'm sitting there I'm like, what qualifies you? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, because they, it's, I, I knowingly made a choice to enter into the foray of, of these hot topics that I talk about because I'm passionate about them. It all comes down to my faith. Like, that's where it all stems from. And my faith doesn't allow me to stay silent about certain things that I feel strongly about. And so th- I made a very conscious decision to, to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and open myself up. And, and it took a lot of time and prayer and self-exploration to make sure that and I was strength. ready for that. And strength. Yeah. yeah, I don't always feel strong. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and the, one of the things that keeps me going around that is is the times when I've had, especially women, come up to me and say, you know, thank you so much for saying what you said in your blog post because you said exactly what I've been thinking and I just can't bring myself to say it out loud. Well, you did the Women's March earlier this year. I, I did? did see that. How, yeah. What kind of experience was that like? That was an incredible experience. And, you know, the, the thing that um, is so funny, and I don't want to get too too into all of my stuff. You can just go read my blog for that. But but it's really interesting because um, there was there were it was such a peaceful environment, and there were so many people there. You, uh, we didn't march so much as we just kind of swayed because it was like there was we were so packed. We would lean one way, and the march would come in at the Washington Monument, lead the other way, and it was there. You know, like it, there were so many people there, and everybody was so helpful. There, were, there was not a single and, and, and help, incident. And help clarify this too. Yeah. And this is this is the ignorance of me. This is not you know people hear a woman's march. They all you know it's not just like it's not like an anti-men we hate women thing. No. Yeah, exactly. There's people who actually thought. I know, I know. And the idea, see, the, the belief or the, the basic premise of feminism is simply that that everybody are everybody are human beings. We're all human. Everybody is a human. We're all equal. You know, but that means men too. You know what I mean? And if, if you if you really start to um, dig deep into feminist theory, what you're starting to what you start to get to is the fact that that a patriarchal society hurts men just as much as it hurts women. And um, because it doesn't allow men to have access to things like their emotions or things like parenting their children or a lot of different things that the full experience of being human that men are allowed to do because of social constructs that are also oppressing women. So even men are oppressed by patriarchy just as much as women, just maybe in a different way. Well, one of the things that I, I always I always laugh about is everyone's like, oh yeah, everything's equal, everything's equal, everything's equal. I said, if everything is equal, and this is the worst example I can give, and I'll probably get a lot of hate for saying it, but uh, if everything was really equal, when I walk into my gym, there wouldn't be a woman's gym over here and then a men's gym over here. There's separate gyms? Like, you know, like if you walk into like LA Fitness or something like that, they have a certain, they, there's a little, there's, every LA Fitness has a little room just for women to work out. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like I get, I get what it is. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? But my, my, my question to everybody, I look at it from two different perspectives. I, I, I sometimes beat up my own kind. Yeah. From men, because I know nine out of ten times guys are walking around the gym and they see women there, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, okay, let's go hit on women." Yeah. And then so it's a, it's a way for women to feel, sort of feel safe uh-huh. and everything else yeah. like that. And also, it's about it's about not feeling self conscious. It's about being able to just go and do your own thing do, and do your thing and not not feel weird about it. So I, I kind of can I can kind of see that. You I, know? S- I see both sides of it, mm-hmm. and my attitude is if you're if that's the reason to go to the gym, then you're going to the gym for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But see, one of the things that drives me crazy like so my daughter is 
an incredible athlete in, mar in Jiu Jitsu and martial arts. And scared of her too, by the way. I know, me too. And <laughs> she's like skinny and small, but still, I'm just. She packs the punch. She really does. And um, I mean, she's only 11, but she's really good at what she does and there are um, so many parents who have come up to me and said we love your daughter she's so great because you know she helps teach the younger kids and they say oh she's so great with helping um my uh, helping my my kid in the class and stuff but my boy doesn't want to hurt her like my boy is afraid to go all out with her and he doesn't want to hurt her and while i so appreciate that sentiment i really do like I, please don't get me wrong but it doesn't help my daughter if, if when she goes up against boys and on the take mat. It easy on yes, it, it doesn't help her because she needs to learn. She's going to go to a tournament next week where she's going to be going up against boys. So she needs to know the, her her own power in that situation. But it's also in the workplace. She's going to be out there someday in the workplace where she's going to be competing with men, and she needs to be able to, to hold her own there too. So um, and and it also kind of stems from this whole, there's a great uh, small video thing that was going around called Run Like a Girl, and it, it has adults who say, they're just told, oh, do me a favor and just run like a girl, and they film them doing like what, what they would look like if they run like a girl. And of course, they do all of these ridiculous movements that you're like, what? what are you having a seizure? Like, what's the matter with you? You know, it's... Yeah, that sounds like very... But it's, it's a little strange, actually. No, it's a beautiful video, because okay. what happens is these women, and men, and boys, and, you know, but not little girls, but a little boy, and then adult men and adult women, they go run like a girl, and they do these crazy things. And then they have put little girls there, and they say, run like a girl. And the girls just run, and they run fast, and they run powerfully, and they run strong. And the whole idea is like, when did being like a girl become a bad thing? You know, why is that a bad thing? Athletically, intellectually, like all of these different ways. What, what I find, what I find it too, is there was you were the only one from our class who went out to the wall. Mm. Um, I, I find it refreshing, I guess is the word. That there's people out there who, you know, who's not afraid to educate because there's not for nothing. I would never say anything political on Facebook. I would never say anything religious on Facebook. A, I'm uneducated, and B, I, unless unless it's about sports or something, I'm fully educated on. Mm -hmm. I don't, don't want to go there. Right, right. Because sure. I, I don't I don't want to take those proverbial punches to the face. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever ever get sort of that type of pushback and? Where you felt like you knew that you weren't 100 percent sure on that point that you were making, you're trying to make, and no, because I'm I'm very much like you. If I'm making a point, then I am absolutely sure I'm making, or I will. Um, let me let me rephrase that. If I'm saying I know I'm right, then I guarantee you I'm right. Because I would yeah. never guarantee that I was right unless I knew 100% I was right and could prove it. Okay, so so that now that's different from an exploratory blog post or because uh, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of where I'm just gonna play with this idea. Like I'm gonna like I played with one that got a lot of hits about what if the first sin wasn't Adam and Eve eating the apple. What if the first sin was patriarchy? And I looked at and I'm not saying that I'm right by a stretch of any stretch of the imagination because I think there's a lot of holes in my own argument. But it was it was interesting to kind of look at it from that original, you know, going back to the text and really looking at it and figuring it out. And, and so I'll do things like that, but I openly say I'm just playing here. You know, like this is I, what you're throwing it out there. Yeah, and sort of seeing if it sticks it. and if yeah, it works. Yeah, see what happens. But if I say I know I'm right, don't mess with me because I know I'm right. Yeah. Because I don't because I hate to be proven wrong, so I won't go out there and really push on something unless I know I'm right. Well, and the, and the thing is, though, and again, there's times where I, I think you've gone dark on social media, mm -hmm. and then when you come back, it's like you know, sometimes less said is better. Mm -hmm. There's times. There's times I've. I, I don't know the last time I actually actually put a written post. Well, I have Facebook, a I have you know. a rule, and that rule is that on my Facebook page I get to say whatever I want because it's my space, right? It's my Facebook yeah. page, and I try to um, operate in grace because I'm a Christian, and that's what Jesus is about. He's about grace, and, and he's not about being. In, can I curse? Can I curse on here? Hmm? Can I curse sure. on here? Okay, so Jesus is not about being an asshole. He's about being like you know a good 
And when you were saying you were going to curse, I was like actually expecting a lot of words. Trust me, I can I can bring it out, baby. But, <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> so um, I'm a Christian who curses, but but I have but I, so I have a rule that I try not to attack people. Um, so people who hold a different, I, I will hold my government accountable and I will say things about my government because they're elected officials, they, they signed well, we, up for that. We put them there. Yeah, right. But I won't, I won't necessarily attack people who hold a different idea than I do, like my, my friends, I won't attack those, I won't say things like, oh, those stupid, you know, whatever party, I won't do that, you know. Um, but I will express my opinion. However, I, when other people on their Facebook pages express their opinions, and I disagree with it, and even if I think it's ridiculously stupid, I don't say, I just let it yeah. go. I just let it go by. There's only one time that I didn't do that, and that was just the other day. And it had to do with a father who is somebody, a, a friend of mine, um, also a Christian, who put out a, a, a note to fathers and said, um, you know, don't let your daughters dress in booty shorts, kind of thing. And somebody came back, another dad came back and said, okay, well, what happens though when, because um, they were talking about the way to handle that and how to talk to, to your daughter about valuing herself and stuff. And um, a father, a young father came back and said, well, what do you say when that daughter like disobeys you and goes out and wears the booty shorts and then gets touched inappropriately? And my friend responded, and said, and there was a whole lot of, you know, well, in our home we operate with grace and respect and dignity for every every person, but not once did he ever say, I tell my daughter that her being touched inappropriately is never her fault, that nobody has the right to touch her inappropriately no matter what. And he didn't say that, and so I jumped in and I said it for him, because that needs, more dads need to be telling their daughters that it doesn't matter if you make the mistake of getting drunk, it doesn't matter if you make the mistake of a poor wardrobe choice, Nobody has the right to touch your body. And I can sort of, not that I know anybody, but I'm using like what I watch on television. Yeah. Um, I watch pro wrestling. A couple of the girls who were on the shows got their computers hacked, and they had pictures that were that were leaked. And one of the parents came out and said those were private photos and stuff like those were private videos. I, my first thing was I went on I went on air and I basically gave my opinion because those are those are my airwaves. And mm -hmm. I said, well, why don't you say you know um, we don't condone the way our daughter was behaving, but yes, those were private pictures. Yeah. But we know, like my attitude is, if you don't want those. It, you should never take those pictures. Well, that's bad my yeah, that's, yeah, bad, that's that. my attitude too. But I also I also don't I I, I don't, don't know if that was the right analogy to use with well, it. Yeah, no, I mean I I totally agree that I, I personally don't take those kinds of pictures either. But I think somebody should have, feel perfectly able to do that in the privacy of their own home and on their own computer, and to be hacked is really disgusting. And I think that that's what you need. To, that's the behavior you need to look at, not the woman who's being naked in her own bedroom. Well, I, I think both. I think both has to be looked at. It's not for nothing. If they're doing that, I, it shouldn't be done in the first place. I, I think if you're doing it with a camera where it's not going to be put anywhere, that's one thing. But don't put yourself in any type of situation because there are maniacs out there who can hack it on your yeah. phone, hack on your computer. But the minute you press record of, of anything, there's always that 0.1% chance that it's going to be out there. Well, if you're if you're saying that from a safety perspective, then fine. If you're saying that from a place of moral judgment, I kind of disagree there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I yeah. think it's more based on opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like... I, 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 I see exactly where you're coming yeah, from with it. Yeah, my thing is do whatever you want to do in your, in your living room. But if you want to take pictures of yourself, take pictures of yourself. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You know, but I don't even like taking pictures of myself with my clothes on. I know exactly me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, it's like true. I, people ask me if they want me to take a picture of myself with more clothing on, I actually put a mask on. Yeah, a, but you know, going back to the Facebook thing, it's interesting. One of the interesting things that I I had is um, had happened to me is a friend of mine um, came onto my Facebook page and started telling me what he would prefer to see on my Facebook page, and I was just kind of like, but this is you don't get to tell me what. This well, space is like my place, you know, and same thing. That's you can I feel just, the same way about the videos yeah, that I do. The you can just videos. keep going, you know. So it's like, but but he really felt like he had the right to tell me what I should be putting on my Facebook page, and in my opinion, that was that was a, a, not even a very microaggression. It was an aggression, um, 
and that that's kind of one of a, a good example of one of the things that women fight against often in workplaces and in online spaces and in a lot of places where we, we're silenced and we're, we're kind of treated like we're here to please men in some some way and so, and this man was demonstrating that by coming to me and saying no 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 you're displeasing me by your behavior so you need to change well no you need to get off my Facebook page if you don't like yeah, it you don't, again it's if you, if you don't like what I'm posting on social media exactly. it's like the same thing you don't I'm right on by shut the window <laughs> exactly you know it's, exactly now from you know from the blogging perspective and the writing perspective. Um, you know, earlier you said you had some nerves originally about, you know, and it was a little, a little it took you back a little bit when people were reading and I came up to you in person about it. Over time, how was, what adjustments did you have to make uh, both with writing and also knowing that you're affecting people, knowing that people were reading and, you know, yeah. what was, did you have to alter any way you approached it or... Um, no. <laughs> oh, I threw a tough one at you. No, it's not. I'm like, <laughs> trying to find the right wording for it. Yeah. So, okay. So, there was a time. All right. So, let's just be, be real about who I am. So, I'm a Christian, but I am not a member by any stretch of the imagination of the Christian right or the so-called moral majority or all these people. I'm, I'm what's called a progressive Christian, so not only do I curse, but I love gay people. I think gay people should be welcomed into the body of God, be fully allowed to worship with us. There's, you know, I, I don't, I believe that there's a really big question mark. As I guess to, that's bad because I don't know what you're about. Okay, well, in the, in the evangelical world that I have come from, that's a huge no-no, you know, and there's, I believe that there is um, very, a big enough question in scripture to determine that maybe we've been wrong about the views of homosexuality that we have for, that have been espoused for a long time that I think have hurt a lot of people those beliefs not the scripture beliefs and um, and a lot of people a lot of really great people disagree with me but there's a lot of idiots out there who use the scripture to just beat people up and um, I'm really tired of that I'm tired of, of um, Christians who don't want to help other people I'm tired of yeah. you know I'm tired of um, you know, the scripture is extraordinarily clear about how we are supposed to treat the oppressed and the, the refugee and but is, that, like that. is that like more of like a generational thing now? Because where we were 25 years ago with religion and things that we're supposed to be following are now, like we now live in such a different time. Well, I don't know, because not not in, not in within the evangelical circles, we don't. And within the evangelical circles, I still know people who say women shouldn't be preachers. I still know people who say we have to remove the gay person from the worship team. I still know people who say, you know, um, that kind, those kinds of things that, that are really keeping, um, and, and and what's happening is people are leaving churches and they're leaving their faith and unfortunately progressive Christians, I'm not the only one, there's a lot of us, but we are notoriously bad at organizing and so people don't know that we exist and so what happens is, so to answer your original question, um, there was a time when I was in a certain work environment that I posted, I, I posted a blog, I was working, with, uh, I was writing for NJ.com at the time and I posted a blog that said, you know, um, I'm a Christian and I support gay marriage and I got called on for that and I was told um, I should no longer write about those kinds of topics and so out of respect for and and I was in a different place I said okay I won't write about those kinds of things but it killed me and, and it took me a couple of years and, and that was a really big part of why I said it was time for me to leave that position because I knew that I wanted to be that I was felt I was being called to be an advocate of voice even though I'm not gay I, I felt like I was being called to be an advocate for you know the oppressed people and sexual people and people who and trans transsexuals people who are really being ostracized and marginalized from from Christianity who desperately wanted a relationship with Jesus and Jesus wants a relationship with them I believe and so I um, that was a big part of why I decided to leave and since then, I've had a lot of con I've written a lot about um, trans, the trans community. I'm still learning a lot. Um, have a lot to learn. Um, but 
I've received at least two or three emails. Um, one from a trans person herself who was very thankful for you know the stuff, and we had a nice conversation. Um, and one that I remember from a uh, the mom of a trans child who was having trouble finding a place in church where her kid could be accepted. And you know, to know that I'm touching those kinds of people that. And that keeps me going. Now, is this is this the topic that's in the book, or what? Oh God, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's put, let's, let's transition over to okay. the book real quick. So, that's funny. Yeah, the book is definitely not the book that I ever thought I was going to write. It was it was. I have a very strange um, publishing deal because basically a friend of mine who also you know his son trains at the same place um, that we train at. He, uh, we were sitting next to each other, we'd gotten friendly, we talked a couple of times, and all of a sudden, finally, we got around to saying, oh, what do you do for a living? And it turned out he was in publishing, I'm a writer, so boom, it was wonderful. But the thing that he does is he's, he has a niche in Barnes & Noble called Bargain, or Gift, so they like very specific types of books, and that's, so he re what he really needed was a devotional, so essentially, he, he commissioned a devotional for me, because that was what the space that they had at Barnes & Noble. So um, it's a devotional, but it's not a pink, because I told him I'm never going to be a pink-covered devotional kind of chick, but it's not a kind of devotional. But it's an opportunity. It's an incredible opportunity. Yeah. I'm, so th I'm so thankful. I'm so thrilled by it. So um, it's called Pause, Making Time to Walk with God. And the, the, it's based on this idea that right now, especially if you're on Facebook a lot, all you see, especially if you're in any kind of entrepreneurial field, all you see are... And I'm a coach, right? But you see coaches saying, like, six ways to get better at life and, you know, all of these things that you got to do and you be and you have to do all of this stuff and make a million dollars online by doing absolutely nothing and cram all of your work into, like, a four-hour work week and, like, all of these things. Where, and immediately you're supposed to get better. And it's exhausting and it's not, and especially for women who are in my age group, it's exhausting. And I was talking to my, I have an accountability group that I work with and I was talking with them and they're they're not really Christians I think one one is like a yogi one's Jewish another one is I, I think she's she's a Christian um, and we were talking and I was just like I wanted to talk about getting back to the Garden of Eden the way it was supposed to be the shalom the, the peace of God the way it was intended the way he, he met which was in communion with him in communion with the earth and in communion with each other and um, so we started talking about that, and as I talked to them about what it would be like to take a time out every day to just hang out with God, they were like, oh, that sounds so amazing. Yes, yes, we need that. And so that's kind of what I what I talked about. But what's interesting about the book is um, it doesn't ever refer to God as a him except when I'm quoting scripture. Um, because there's a movement even in some of the best seminaries out there, like, you know, Ivy League seminaries, that they need to stop referring to God as him. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are no pronouns in the book, which is interesting. What about what about the actual process of writing it? Was it a little nerve wracking? And um, was there any point of it where you were just like, all right, this, you know, if this happens, it's cool. No, you know, the, the the process of writing it was easy. The process of editing it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate editing. It's oh, horrible. When the writers sent me their articles, oh. and I'm just like, I didn't even get to the fact-checking part. I'm like, I'm going to send this back to you, and I want you to look over it a couple more times before you send it over to me. Yes, I know. It's horrible. But it's it's just hard. But I had a, a really great editor who was um, really great at, at making suggestions. You know, what was so great about her was she would just... Um, she would look at it and she would just kind of say, what about this? I think this can be a little bit different. I'm confused by this. As opposed to just going in and hacking it up and like, you know, she, she was really generous. So you were able to collaborate with them a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's good. Yeah, she was a great editor. Very generous. So, but I'm excited. The book will be in Barnes & Noble in September this year, 2017. So it's really exciting. And is, is that every Barnes & Noble across the country? As far as I know. And in Canada, so my Canadian friends will be able to... <laughs> when it gets closer, that's when you'll hit the freak out point. Probably. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, all of my life I would go into Barnes & Noble and I would run my hands across the books and just imagine that day when I would have a book. And it's so funny because this is so not the book that I, you know, figured I would write. And I'm about to write that one. I started now and I'm the one that I always wanted to write now. But it's, I just can't believe that it's actually happening. It's, it's a bizarre feeling.
Yeah. I think what's what's really cool about it is after the days where you're long and gone, or we're all long and gone, this will still be here. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully they haven't been burned. Yeah, I figure we'll finish this out with just a little bit of fun for what we what we do every Monday and Wednesday. Oh yeah, yeah. We should talk about Jordan. Oh, that's right. We did talk about the trip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh so, before we go back to the kickboxing. You can edit stuff out that's still good. <laughs> and get well, before we get to kickboxing, yeah. talk to me about the trip. How did the trip come about? And um, I guess I, I, to summarize that pretty much one question, what is the difference out there in the lifestyle they live compared to what they have here? Oh, I can't wait Boom, to answer that I just, question. I just, I just filled up 16 minutes on yes, this. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, that's going to be so good. Okay, so... Um, the way it came about, it was really funny because it was crazy. Um, I, for, I'm, I apologize for forgetting about that. No, <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, so li literally, very literally, I was sitting in my mom's house in Pennsylvania. It was July of last year. And my business had come to a place where I had a, just kind of um, consciously uncoupled. <laughs> I hate that phrase, but it's appropriate here. From my biggest client. And it was because that it was a corporate client and they had basically consumed my business to the point where I couldn't build any other clientele. And because I'm, I'm just a one solopreneur. And, um, but what happened is, because that happened, I hadn't been able to build a pipeline and I was basically looking, I had one more check coming in from them and I was basically looking at September going, there's no money coming in, what's going to happen? So I prayed this prayer and I was just like... That was at the, one of those curses that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then after I got done with that, I, I said, okay God, I'm going, I can, I can, I commit to for the next 30 days, for the month of August, I will not stress. Every time I start to feel stress or anger, I'm just going to get on my knees and pray I'll give it to you. That's it. But I can only commit to doing that for 30 days. Amen. And then P.S. By the way, I'll also say yes to whatever you put in front of me for the month of August. Four days later, I was still at my mom's, and I get a Facebook friend request from this big shot theologian dude, who's also a Pathos blogger. And I'm like, why is he? Why is he Facebooking me? I'm like, this is. He doesn't want me. He must think I'm somebody else. But then he messages me, and he says. Hey, Carrie, I'm putting together a, a, blogging, a, a press tour for bloggers to Jordan. Do you want to go? And I'm just like, uh, hell no, I don't want to go to Jordan. It's in the Middle East. You know what they do to people in the Middle East? You know, like I had all of those, like, you know, stereotypical, horrible ideas. But then I was like, crap, like I prayed that prayer I sent to God that I would say yes to everything that, I, that he put in front of me. So I'm like, it's like the movie Yes Man. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I have to say yes. So I'm like, well, I have to check with my husband, but yes. And he's like, great. And then he, you know, so long story short, I ended up going to Jordan um, six weeks later <laughs> with... Um, and I remember when all this was developing yes, too. So yes, it's like, it was it was incredible. So six weeks later, I was riding a camel through the desert in Wadi Rum and... Um, and you were on top of a camel. I was on top of a camel at sunset, riding through a desert, on my way to a Bedouin camp where I was going to sleep overnight in, in a camel care tent. Oh my god, I would have paid to see that. It was that. incredible, riding, um, you know, it, it, going through Petra where they filmed Indiana Jones. I, it was absolutely a trip of a lifetime. And so to answer your question, because I know we're running out of time, the... Um, These Guerrero people, they're all over the place, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh? Oh, that's right. I'll let you out. It's all good. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing that I noticed most was that in Jordan, Christians and Muslims coexist, not just peace peacefully, but they interact. You know, Muslims invite Christians over for Ramadan. Christmas and it's it's and this is a country that's surrounded by conflict on every single yeah, side. You hear, you hear horror stories on the news. I mean, we watched we watched you know clouds of smoke sitting across from across the Dead Sea. You know, and um, we stood at this border of kind of the border near the border of Syria and Iraq. It was. Um, it was just a really powerful, and then to remember that that's where the faith started, right? Because we American Christians, we think we got it all wrapped up here, and that we kind of invented the whole Jesus thing. And we didn't, you know, he lived over there, <laughs> so it was kind of, you know, um, mind blowing to to go there and go where John the Baptist was beheaded and. Um, see the place where Jesus was baptized. Um, it was it was an incredibly powerful and and 
experience. And one of the things that Jordan has done so well is that they have pretty much kept all of the biblical sites very authentic. Um, in that there, there's not a church built. It's, not, it's not a torch thing. It's pretty much this is there every day. Yeah, I mean, you can literally walk through the ruins, you know, like you can walk up into the, the temple of, of Zeus. Zeus. They have a temple of Zeus. You can walk up into it and climb to the top of it. It was really funny. There was, you know, there, there are these guys that are like, they're the tourist guys. They want you to pay them to take pictures of you or whatever, right? And this one guy, he really latched on to my friend Jaina and me, and he wants us to, to we're in the t Temple of Diana, and he wants me to climb up this huge rock, and I'm like, I cannot climb up there. And he goes, oh, yes, you can. Old lady, fat lady did it last week. You can, too. <laughs> Jaina and I look at each other. We go, who are you calling fat? And who are you calling old? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's no like, there's there's no like sensor or there's no filter. There's no, no filter out there. He okay. was cute though. He was cute. But yeah, so that that's essentially it about Jordan. Yeah, well, you know, not for nothing. I remember how excited you were when we were talking about it, and and um, I don't remember if I, I I remember getting ready to type it to you right before the trip. I was just in there saying. I hope you have a great trip in Jordan. My t-shirt size is as large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. And it's and it's it's one of those things where like I jokingly said right when you said you have to say yes. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that movie Yes Man. I thought it was like a joke, and you start saying yes to opportunities, you never know what's going to happen. It's so true. It's so true. Never when I when I originally pitched my blog to Patios, never did I think that that would result in me going on an all expense paid trip, completely free trip to Jordan. And that's even better. It was. It was, it was incredible. You no, know, you find me something that something else that's like that that's free. Yeah, well, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I went over there with almost a thousand bucks. I couldn't spend it because you know my my husband got me a gift card. He's like, I want you to use this on an adventure in Jordan. I'm like, how many more adventures can I have? They paid for everything. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, that's crazy though. And like, that's a once in a lifetime. Thing. Yeah, and, absolutely. And like, I think you probably said to yourself after you're like, no, I can't. And then you probably sit there saying, what? How many more times is something like this? We all followed everything that was going on. We were following the pictures. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with some people in the class and they were like, did you see those pictures? I was like, yeah. I was like, it's funny. It looks like Texas. You know, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> like, <It's true. laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I, I think you're gonna be working at the interview. You're gonna be like, I'm never gonna let him interview me ever again. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> because he's I'm just not serious about it. Very anything. good time. Thank you. Um, you know, it's funny too. And like, it's been a year since you since I've been uh, I've been over at Grill. I think you've been there a little longer than I have. Mm -hmm. um, we actually have a really good group there. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And I'm gonna I totally butter you up and, and I kiss, kiss your butt here a little bit. <laughs> but you know, every single time, you know, uh, Sensei or uh, Jakeem, I can never. I don't know. I can't say Jakeem's title. Uh, senpai. Senpai. Yes. I, senpai. I, and I'm not, I don't never call him that. He always answers me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But every time anyone says partner up, I always take a look at my. Like, I, I don't know if you notice this is what I do now. I wait all the way on the side to see who's going to come over to me, if there's uh -huh. anyone. Uh, and anytime I see that you're sort of like there, I'm like, I want to I work with Carrie. <laughs> and I told you the reason why. Yes. I was like, you want to work with people that are better than you so you can be brought up to their level. Yeah. Except for, again, I'm not mentioning names, except for the person I worked with yesterday. That person just hurt my hands and, <laughs> and has now become very intimidating as well. Okay. And so, um, and so, like, you know, so how did, I guess the real question is with, with all this is how did you get started with the martial arts and the, oh my gosh. You know, the hitboxing? So, it's a really funny story. So, way back when, when I was a total couch potato and smoker, pack a day smoker, and all this horrible stuff. Um, and I was at Burton Community, making up those all those credits that I had to make up from my failure at Montclair State. <laughs> um, I had to take a health class, and at that point I was married to my first husband, I was so annoyed because I'm like, what are you going to teach me? I'm a married woman, like, what are you going to teach me? Because I'm thinking back to health in like, high school, you know, and, and middle school. But what, we had a, the most amazing teacher, he was, he was incredible. And he really wanted to make the class something special. And so he um, would bring in special like special guest speakers. We probably had 10 over the course of the semester. And one of them was a group of martial artists and they wanted they demonstrate they were doing a demonstration. And I just remember thinking to myself, I want to learn how to do that. I didn't want to learn how to, I didn't want to exercise and I certainly didn't want to get healthy, but I just wanted to learn how to kick ass like that. It was like that's incredible. And um, so I knew somebody at the time who was owned his own school. So I was like, I think I'm gonna, I want to give this the shot. So I went down and I was hooked from day one. I mean, the very first day that I 
I did it, I was like, I love this. This is incredible. I, the next day, I couldn't move. I mean, every single, every, I, every, like my jaw muscles hurt. Like every single thing in my body hurt. I remember that. I remember that last yes. year. Yeah. I had that exact I mean, feeling. It was. I was like walking like I was in a body cast, but I was hurt and. Um, I stayed at that school for a long time. I think I, I got my brown belt there, and then I just moved away, so I wasn't able to ever get my black belt. So, so we're really needing need to put the official request in for a belt system in the Guerrero kickboxing class because I need to get my black belts, and I need to know I'm working toward my black belt. Well, at 22, you say it like that. Like, um, I know you were very excited when the first time when Jakim uh, brought that up, and, mm -hmm. and I was just like. I was like, I don't, I got a belt. I'm wearing a belt now. It's, it's, it's quite comfortable. I'm just, I'd just rather just do something to keep me. It's something that I've wanted all yeah. my life well, know, since I started. I, I, I guess I'll, you know, this is my podcast. I guess I can, I can ask this question. How, how am I to work with? How what? How am I to work with? You're great to work with because you like to work hard. You can take a hit, right? So like the, the, and you know, you, you have incredibly hard kicks. Your kicks are super powerful. They're your hardest. They're your, your most powerful things, your kicks, for sure. Your hands, you need to keep your hands in more. You need to keep yeah. your elbows in more. You're a little bit more too out like this, but you need to keep your elbows I in. might edit that part out and just say the kicks that's are really fine. good. That's totally cool. You can no, totally that's good. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> no. So, you know, um, we want to let everybody know where they can find some of your work online, your blog, yeah, so social they can media. Go to, there's two places. The, the faith-based blog is jerseygirljesus.com. Okay. And then kerryconnelly.com, they can go and find all my coaching stuff and some other stuff that I'm doing as well, speaking, all that kind of stuff. And are you on Twitter or? Yes, I'm on Facebook as Jersey Girl Jesus. Twitter is She's Elevated, at She's Elevated. Don't ask, long story. And, um, <laughs> and uh, Instagram is kerry.connelly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I thank you for giving me some time today. Thank I, you. I, I feel like though we probably could sit here and probably do like another forty probably, minutes. Probably. Yeah. But, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll do a part two. Okay. That's and, and, and even maybe we'll even try and get you into the studio, which will be even more fun. Sure. I, I, I would love to put you an open microphone and phone lines. I think that'd be crazy. Oh my god, I would probably get massacred. No, I don't, I don't think you would. It's like not for nothing. Remember, I run the studio. That's so. True. That's true. <laughs> so, like, oh, we'll just dump that caller. Next caller. Next caller. <laughs> that's so but, but, no, awesome. This was awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate it. What's all right, so there we go. That was Kerry Conley on the Off Topic Podcast. She's absolutely awesome. Follow her on Facebook. Follow her on Twitter. She's an amazing, uh, amazing young lady. Check out her book when it hits Barnes & Nobles. It's going to be amazing thing. And I get to see her every single week at Kickboxing. So thank you for taking a few minutes of our of your time to listen to this great interview with Kerry. We'll be back with more of the Off Topic Podcast. Just You never know who's going to pop up on here, whatever guest week. Thanks very much. Can you follow me on Twitter and then Instagram at RandyBSP? You can listen to the show live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. through Back Sports page, SoundCloud, and, of course, Rampo College of New Jersey's WRPR 90.3 FM. All right, so we'll see you guys this upcoming Thursday for another new episode of Off Topic. Thanks very much. See you soon. I don't care, baby, by the way.